0: Hello, actually good morning in person and online. I'm Tiffany, she, they, I am our director of kids and students and now college ministry. I just took that on, by the way. Um, That was a, I just wanted it. Um, So if you're a college student for real, let's talk about life. So one, I'm nervous all the time. And so there will never be a time that I speak that I'm not nervous, so don't expect this to change in the future. Um, I also get nervous with our kids and our students and all the things, so I'm trying really hard to work on my own breath of, like, slow down. Um, Me being nervous is not bad. It is not fear. It's not anxiety. It's not, like, anything other than I am so ridiculously excited because you are adults and you're over three foot tall and, like, (laughs) I'm going to switch voices instead of saying, hey, friends. Um, actually, probably not, but it's it's going to be okay. And so I'm really excited that you're here. And so for those of you who, like, this is your first Sunday with us, um, we are in a season, a very long series. Um, it's not that long, but in my world, it is very long. And this series we've been looking at, Um, Brian McLaren's book, Naked Spirituality, it's 12 simple words of like our faith life. And so every Sunday, there's been a word that we've introduced and we've talked about that word. that's it. So um, for those of you who are like, I have no clue what you're talking about, don't worry. I'm gonna give you like a ketchup phrase, okay? Not ketchup, but like, (laughs) anyway, very visual and I just saw bottles of ketchup. (laughs) Okay, so seasons of life right? And here's the preface I'm going to give everyone is that we are literally all in different seasons of life. So let's just start with that base, okay? Um, and that is the expectation. You are to show up as you are with what you are and how you are, okay? So if there are pieces of this that do not resonate, it's okay. And it's perfectly fine because there is no expectation when you walk in other than just to exist, Okay? So if that is what you need, you have full permission and you never needed that permission from anyone standing on a stage or anyone with a title or anything like that. You did not need that. You simply get to be here and exist. And if you are in spaces where you're still deconstructing or you have lots of questions, stay there. And if you are in spaces where you're like, I tore it all down and I don't know what to do now, that's fine too. And if you are in spaces where you're like, you know what, I'm good and I'm at peace. All of that is valid, all of it belongs, and every piece of that is holy. And so that's where we're going to start. So here's the seasons we've gone through. We've gone through the seasons of simplicity, um, where we reach out to God in happiness, thanks, and the word that he uses is O, which is like worship. This really simple base Place of reaching out to God. And then we move into complexity, reaching out to God and struggle. Words like sorry and help and please. And I guarantee you, we have felt that or we would not be in places like Grace Point. And then the season of perplexity, the season of unraveling and to deconstructing. And, and that's what Josh talked about last. And so we're moving into a new season. Now, seasons of perplexity, I want to focus on that for a second because in progressive theology, that has a tendency to be where we stay. It's a place where what we believed no longer works for us in some way, shape, or form. Like something about it is just not the thing anymore. Maybe things have been chipped away at your theology or your understanding. Maybe the way you did faith is just not resonating with you. Or maybe for the first time, you're like, I don't have a clue what I believe if I believe anything. And if I believe something, I don't know what to name it. And then what do we do with Jesus? And then all these things start unraveling. And it's like, what about communion and baptism and church and denominations and pastors? And y'all, I embody what so many people think that is toxic in the church. And what I mean by that is I am literally a kid's pastor and a youth pastor. And if you go on any social media, everyone hates me. (laughs) I am the reason that people are deconstructing. And I'm like, that's fine, it's just a title. And I agree. So much terrible things have happened in our kids and our youth, which is why it's so important here that we acknowledge our kids and our youth because I will tell you, the beautiful thing is they are not deconstructing. There may be things that they've been exposed to and you as a parent or guardian may have been the one that put them in that environment. And guess what? You're okay. And they're okay. Like they will be okay. And the reason they're going to be okay is because the adults who love them, the people in this room and online, this community is doing the hard work to show them that there's hope. And to me, that is, that is church. And so as, as us, as people who've like done a lot of work, we're going to move into a new season. And this new season is harmony. Now, I'm just going to address some people in the room who may struggle with the words I'm going to say. Some of us like task and structure and order and schedules and a full plan. Those of you who know me know that that is not what I do, Okay. So I thrive in this space where there is no answer and there is no concrete anything. And I think this is why we get stuck in deconstruction and through the progressive lens, because we tore something down. It was tangible and it's gone. And for most of us, it's still laying out there in some way, shape or form. And then there's this fear of, like, do we pick it back up and do we rebuild something else? But what if we have to tear it down again? And there's this cycle that keeps happening. So I'm going to tell us all to just take a deep breath. Like, literally, just taking your deep breath, relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw, and just let go for a second. This is harmony. It is not apathy. It is not fully letting go. It is just a moment of being mindful. And I think mindfulness is one of the hardest things that we can do um, as Americans, Western culture, and especially as Christians. And I struggle with this. People think I'm very laid back and go with the flow. Those of you who really know, understand that, actually, I'm really good at masking those pieces um, because I have to constantly remind myself to, like, breathe and to be aware of my surroundings. And so it feels like it's a big jump between deconstruct and peace, Uh, but the reality of it is it's not. Harmony is found in that transition. Harmony is found in this space where we no longer have to have this dualistic thinking. I am going to mess up this line, Abby. Man, what is it? Exactly. I'm not a captive, but I'm captivated. So I asked Ricky what songs we were singing without him knowing anything. Uh, what I was going to talk about, and that's the song. So I went to the video and like looked it up because I was like lyrics. I like words. And if you have not like paid attention to those words, like one, I want to want you to go like YouTube and like see the video of Abby talking about the song because, like, I watched it and heard these words, and honestly, it like changed a lot of what. I was thinking, which is okay because what I'm getting to deconstruct is how do we do church? Because you do sermons in a certain way, and guess what, I threw that all out the window, and I am not sure if it works, but I was re- listening to it, and I was listening to this thing of like, I'm I'm not a captive, but I'm captivated. Like those don't feel like they go together, and the reality of it is they do. It's this mindfulness of sitting still, and being in this moment with God, the divine, whatever you want to call that, wherever you are. And that's enough. And that is so ridiculously hard for me individually to hold on to. Because I know that the expectation of Christianity, of staff members at a church, someone who's going to be able to speak, is a certain thing in your head. It's a certain thing in my head. And for me to tear all of that down and to be like, is it okay that I'm not taking a single script of text and dissecting that and feeding it to you so you now are a better theologian? Yes, and that is hard for me to say because someone else had to tell me that it was okay. And it's okay for me to have different beliefs in this moment than I did a week ago when I was prepping the sermon and going in a different direction. Because in harmony, it means this peace, It is this moment of relaxing and letting go. And that sounds wonderful. And it also feels fake, and like it's not actually possible. And it doesn't feel possible as a season, or maybe it does for you, but for me it doesn't feel possible. Because I have so many questions, doubts, fears, insecurities, things I will never tell my therapist, and let alone not tell you. Like, I know me very well. and I know the bad parts, and I also know the really, really good parts. And it just feels too much to put into this one season, and then you're gonna tell me, I'm gonna come over here, and it's gonna be harmony and peace, and things are gonna be okay. That just feels like it's a trick, and I would imagine most of us have been tricked in some way, shape, and form by the church. And so, like, there has to be a trust moment. And so, McLaren talks about that we don't arrive at harmony except through pain. And I think there's a piece of that that is real. You came to this space for whatever reason. Part of you are here because you love me and I invited you. Some of you showed up because I don't know. But the cool thing about that is that we show up as people. And so, you, my friend, are ridiculously complex in a beautiful way, not in like a annoying, overwhelming way. You are complex. You have dreams, hopes, and fears. You, and for the most part, that's the thing that we think embody all of us, and that's not true. You are also this combination of all the things you've experienced in life. And I think we are a combination of all these other people who we've invited into our lives. Like I am not just me. I am all of my friends and how they've loved me. I am not just the good pieces of that either. I'm also the hurt and the pain and the trauma, but I'm at a space where that trauma does not inform my future in any way, shape or form. And it's not because I healed or I did anything like that. It's because for me, I decided to let go of some things because I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So for me, that's my rebuilding. For me, I still love Jesus a lot, which is actually like a new thing in my faith. As the evangelical, I didn't really, I faked it to be very honest, (laughs) Like, like a lot. I didn't know what to do with Jesus. And so I was like, didn't talk about Jesus. I talked about God a lot. And in the new understanding of like, how do we live out our faith and love? Like Jesus makes total sense to me. Like the words Jesus says makes so much sense because the way we teach kids about Jesus, here's the point where you know kids are like getting it, is when you ask them a question and instead of them saying Jesus, they give you the answer Jesus would say, which is always the opposite of what everyone wants to say. So like when you tell people the first shall be last, there is no one in this room that is in the first of a line that wants to be told you ha are in the back now. That doesn't feel good. Like if you were in line for Taylor Swift concert tickets and you are first and the world says guess what you're the last. There are so many feelings that will come over you. Like it is not good. It doesn't matter how much you love Jesus in that moment. It is not going to feel great. And what is fascinating is that's literally what Jesus says over and over again. Guess what? The thing you thought is not what it is. Because we have been conditioned in this dualistic thinking, good, bad, sin, whatever the opposite of not sin is. I don't know that word. Love, good, I don't know, pure, what, ooh, weird, um, <laughs> heaven, hell, like whatever it is, like we think it's this or that. And what's really cool is in the scriptures, when Jesus shows up in any story, okay? Jesus shows up and you have these ends of society. You always have the Pharisees and everyone they don't like, but they say they do kind of. You You very rarely have the Pharisees or the religious leaders show up with Jesus and there's not the other people that they've cast out. And very rarely does Jesus talk to the other people and the religious leaders aren't there. Jesus is this middle space, not in middle ground as in um, wavering or compromising, but a showing up together. It's a togetherness. And so for us, what does it look like when we deconstruct and we move into harmony and we no longer have to think this or that? It can be ridiculously overwhelming because we want answers. We want very concrete answers, and even as go-with-the-flow people, I want concrete answers. I would love a book that tells me what to do now. And they may exist, but don't trust them. Um, The reality of it is is that we don't know. And I think there's peace in that. And I think the reason there has to be peace in that is because I would like for you to raise your hand if one day you would like to retire and not work for a living okay guess what <laughs> like we all want that we all are seeking rest we are all seeking this moment where we don't have to have the schedule where we don't have to have this certain way of life we are literally all seeking that and what's fascinating is is that there is a very close link between capitalism and christianity and we like all kind of know that but historically protestant work ethic google at some point okay like the blessings that god gives us used to be this idea that you are closer to god and so work harder and you will get more and get more and get more and get more and what if the point of life is not to safely arrive at death but what if The whole point of life is to arrive at death not even knowing that it's death, because you've been so in the moment with each other. And here's the thing. If hearing the word death sends you into this space of, like, I don't know what to do with that, it's because we're dualistic thinking, because we have been told that death is opposite of life. And you are here because you allowed something to die. You are in deconstruction, faith shifts, in grace point, thinking of new things, having questions, because you intentionally took something that was so full of energy, whether it was good energy or not, that was supposed to be life-giving, and you intentionally cut it off to the point that it needed to crumble, that it needed to die. I do not think death is bad. And I think when we can step back and look and see that the way we used to think about this or that, and we can let go of that and simply exist, I think that's where we find peace. And I don't think we can get there without everything else. And I think some of us are. Like, we are there right now. And what is beautiful about that is that is not inherently tied to being a Christian. It does not mean you did this now, go be a pastor. If you want to be, like, we can talk about that. But, like, you can walk away from all religion at any point in time, and it's cool, and you can stay, and you can label yourself whatever you want. You can be spiritual, you can be agnostic, atheist, Christian, Buddhist. I don't care, because that moment of letting go of everything and kind of opening our eyes to something new is universally, like, it's, it's human. It is a thing that bonds us. It is a thing in other religions, like, that they have. They have space for you to ask questions and to have new understandings. There's a space for peace and meditation and focus. And if you are not a meditation-y person, you're like, I cannot do this. Yes, you can. And here is how. I want you to think for just, like, five seconds, okay? I'm going to invite you. If you choose and consent, to close your eyes. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Okay, place your feet on the ground. Okay. And if you don't want to do this, you are not forced because you have free will. (laughs) Okay. And I want you to think for a moment, wherever you are, I want you to think about something that brings you joy. And I want to tell you from my experience right now, there are people smiling in this room. I want you to think about whatever image that you come up with of something that makes you feel connected to another person, whether that is Thanksgiving meal that is about to happen, that is about to be awesome, or a holiday, or drinks with friends, or good conversation, or good music, or that one TikTok that you found that speaks to your soul. Whatever it is, I want you to think about that. Now, I want you to breathe in. Don't forget to breathe out. Do it one more time. And on this last time, I want you to just focus on your breath. So, breathe in and breathe out. Now, open your eyes. That is all it takes. That is all it takes to be in a moment. And the thing is, you don't even have to do all of that. There's not like a right or wrong way to be focused. But I want you to go back to one moment that happened. When you close your eyes really, really tight and you open them all of a sudden, you do not instantly see everything with clarity. There's like this thing that happens. And in scripture, anytime Jesus like, um, heals someone of a vision impairment or whatever, don't worry about that part. Focus on this part. When they describe what is happening, they talk about how this person is starts seeing shapes. It's not clear instantly. It is not this like beautiful 20-20 like, vision, like you can see everything. It's kind of muddy at first, and it's kind of like you can't make out everything. And that... I think is what actually our word for today is, which I haven't even told you. It's not harmony, by the way. That's just the season we're in. The word for today is behold. Now, confession. It is really hard, and I practice a lot, to say behold without being like, behold, because that is how you should say behold. And it is in the Bible over and over and over again. They'll be like, behold a child. That's Jesus, by the way. Behold angels, behold this, behold that. Literally, they're just saying, pay attention. Open your eyes, look at this thing. And it's like that moment when you're sitting still and you open your eyes and you can see with clarity, maybe for the first time, maybe for the billionth time, but you can see for clarity in this one tiny moment, something new or you pay attention to something. Behold is just this moment where we are trying to get like our attention on something. And so if you've deconstructed and you've laid it there on the ground and you don't know what to do with Jesus, but maybe you picked up Jesus and you're carrying Jesus with you, um, maybe this other piece of who you are and maybe this other piece of what we do next is just clarity, sitting still, giving ourselves time and space to be aware of everything that is around us. And here's, I'm going to repeat it a billion times, there is not a right or wrong way to do that. And we will have to keep reminding ourselves of that over and over and over again, because I promise you, we have been beat down to the point of saying, this is how we do life and we are trying something new, which means we will have to keep trying something new over and over and over again, and it's okay. And it's enough, and you are enough, and you are capable. And here's the other thing I wanna tell you, is like you are like already where you need to be. At least I think you are. I don't know if you know that, but I am telling with whatever authority you will give me, like you are okay. You are exactly where you need to be in life. And you are exactly who you need to be. And it's just okay to just take moments to breathe. Friends, you do not have to keep working for love. And the truth is, you never had to work for it in the first place. It is okay to slow down. It is okay to not build something back. It is okay to want to hold on to your faith because it's no you're no longer like held to it. You are not captive to it anymore. But you can be captivated by this new thing that is happening. Every time I hear the word behold and like something new, I cannot help and anyone who knows me in any religious settings knows, probably the story I'm going to talk about next, it is going to be Moses in the burning bush because I cannot imagine an image more amazing than this. Also, I like fire. Um, So Bible stories with fire, sounds great. But imagine you in this scenario where something is on fire. I don't care who you are, you're gonna pay attention. Like, scared or enchanted by it. Like, it's exciting. And in that, it is not even being consumed. So that's another layer of like, what is going on? But like, that's not even like the point. The whole point is pay attention over here to this thing and come over here and let's hang out and let's talk about this because something cool is happening. And guess what? All throughout, like religion, that happens over and over and over and over and over again. It's like, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Look over here, look over here. And I think this happens with us all the time. We get so focused on us in this moment in time. Some of us are ready to pay attention to the things outside of us. Some of us are ready and at a space in like, We've done some work internally that we can say, behold, look over here at the people who are homeless, who are being arrested because they can't have housing. Like, that's stupid, first off. Um, Like, that's a thing. Or behold, look, guess what? There are more laws about trans students not playing sports than there are trans students playing sports nationwide. That's a thing. That's stupid. Behold, look, that's happening. And that's just two things. And those are two American things. That's not even taking in the rest of the world. Behold, all the stuff that is happening in other countries against women. Behold, all the things that are happening with women and children. Behold, all the things of oppression and sexism and racism and homophobia and all of the things. Behold, all of that. And that can get so overwhelming if you take all, all of it in. The point isn't to save the world. Ooh, I know. I think the point is to breathe deep that we are one humanity. And there is something in my world that I can do and I can pay attention to because not everyone in all of existence had a burning bush. Not everyone in the Bible got a burning bush. Moses apparently needed one. I would be a person that would need a burning bush, like in all transparency. Like I will not do it unless it is a big giant thing and then I'll eventually convince myself. And I find myself to be compassionate, and I care about justice, and I still need something because I'm still a person. I'm a person that gets overwhelmed, a person that takes on a lot. And so the point, like I said, is not to save the world, and it is not to safely arrive at death, and it is not safely to do anything or to do something beyond your means or something. Like, there's not a point. Do you understand? Like, there is not one single point to any of this. And that, I think, is one of the hardest things in faith to do because we have been told, and we've probably embodied that there is a point. I think if there is a universal truth, it is that you are dearly loved, and you always have been. If there is a universal truth, to the world, to faith, to humanity, to Christianity specifically. It is that God creator, whatever name you want to give, for me it is God. God is love. And if I am created in the image of God, I am created in love. That's just logic. Like our kids get that. Okay? And so if I can't prove anything else, I don't have to, but I can embody love. And so there's this thing that will happen, and I promise I'm almost done. There's this thing that's going to happen that I'm just going to let you know is going to happen. It's not about arriving. Just because you deconstruct and you figure out some next steps, it doesn't mean you've you're there. And that's okay. You will have more moments of doubt and questions. You will have more moments of crying out to God and joy and excitement and thanks. And you will go right back through these seasons. And that is not bad. That is life, and it is beautiful. And it is beautiful because we hold it all together. If you have not seen the movie Inside Out, there's a moment where feelings get all mixed up colors-wise. You should, because it is it's, I, it's a better analogy. And some of you are like, too much kids ministry. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. They are amazing theologians. And the thing is, you are too. Like, you already know this. The reason I don't have to quote scripture today is because I think the gospel, the good news, is in this room. It is literally written in the lives that we share together. This is good news. You are loved. You have always been loved. You do not have to work for it. Resist the empire by taking a nap if you need to. I'm not joking. Do that. Like, do something that takes care of you. And that is okay. Build it back if you want. Leave it on the ground if you need to. Ask more questions. Heal as you need to heal. If you're not there, don't share. You don't have to. We don't have to lead with trauma. And if you want to name God, God, name God, God. And if you are not sure, do something else and it's all okay. But the best thing about it is you don't have to have the answers. And to me, that is harmony because that is peace. When I can hold on to something like this and I have that moment that is really intense and then I get to open my hands, that feeling, to me, that is holy. And so as we continue and we move and we grow in our faith, Today, like literally in these moments as we sing and as we close and as we go into the world and we do all those things, the gospel is this. It is living together. It is sharing of the good news that you are loved and you have always been loved. That you did not have to work for it and you do not have to keep working for it. You did not have to earn it. It was freely given. And just to breathe and to think about it. And when you mess up, because you're going to, No one's thinking about it as a mistake other than you. And you're okay. And most of all, what I want you to do is just remember that it's okay. And that seems simple, and it is so hard, friends. And there will be a time that the person next to you needs that, so remind them. Because I think the greatest thing we can do in life, the way you want to save the world, is reminding people that they are beloved. Because I think so many of us, salvation, being saved, whatever that was, was simply that our eyes were closed. We didn't know what was happening or what was capable or we were capable of. We didn't know the actual power of love and God and what this look like. So if you want to, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And at the end of the prayer, typically you say amen. All that means is like, yes, I agree. And I'm going to invite you to join me in that only if you're like at a space that you, you think you can say, yeah, I want to be present. Okay? It's just a, just a consent. So if you will, pray with me. Creator God... I thank you for our shared humanity. I thank you for the life you give us, the breath you give us, the way that you invite us to love one another and to be beloved. So God, as we go from moment to moment, let us let go of all the things we're holding so tightly in our fist and let us embrace your love, your grace, your mercy, whatever it is that we need from you. And let us know that it's okay to not throw out all of our faith and our religion, and it's okay to throw it all out if we need to. But most of all, remind us that we are connected with others. Remind us that harmony is this place of peace and an understanding that it's okay to not understand. And so God, as one people with one breath, one body created in love, We come to you and all of God's people say amen.